Cusick. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusick. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody, to the Fusick podcast. We are always excited about our guests. This is one guy that I've looked up to for a long time. I know as well as TJ has. I'm Craig Miller, your co-host. How you doing, TJ? I'm doing great, Craig. Uh, what's new in the uh, windy city of Chicago? Well, we were just talking about it. We're having a heat wave come through. It's in the mid-30s today. Might reach 40, so we're excited about that. But uh, they're saying that the snow is coming back on Saturday, so we're going to enjoy the sunshine for about 12 yeah. hours and then and then get back into the tundra this weekend so it feels well, I, normal. I do believe you guys are having some uh, big trending, uh, if that's the proper uh, Internet word, uh, with your one of your colleges there in Chicago is in the Sweet 16. That's right. That's right. That's oh, pretty cool. Yep. That is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'm excited about it starting back today. So, always awesome. a good game. Auburn, yeah, Auburn put out the most, you know, piss poor performance I've ever seen in my life the other day. I mean, they did break a record though. They missed 19 shots in a row in a NCAA tournament game. So that was pretty impressive. You know, well, the fact go that down they made the books, it, they made it. Something. That's right. Impressive. That's right. You know, one SEC. It's good to have Auburn basketball back in relevance again. So yeah, buddy. Well, well anyways. Who do we have, Craig? Who do we have? We have the one and only, the man, the legend, Mr. Jimmy Hitton. What's going on, Jimmy? The preacher. The preacher. What are we doing, Jimmy? Oh, yeah. Everything is fantastic. In fact, I am in God's country. I'm in Oxford, Mississippi oh. today, home of the Ole Miss Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually working. Uh, here with Chuck <laughs> Ray last night. We were at a uh, uh, broker symposium and uh, uh, just love to be here. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Yep, yep, yep. How are they going to be this year, Jimmy? Uh, well, you know, we're coming off probation, and um, but we ought to still be competitive. I understand that uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks are coming to town. I want to invite uh, more than have already committed to come down to, to Oxford and visit the Grove and, and see the greatest tailgate in college football. I know we've uh, got several of the home office Folks are coming in, and we're looking forward to that. Oh, you know, we'll be break even, but we'll we'll never lose a party. That's right. That's right. That's why you gotta love Auburn yeah. and Ole Miss. They they always have a reason to oh, have a li- good time. Listen to Craig. You had to throw Auburn in there, huh? You had to throw. Well, it I off. mean, that was actually a shot at Auburn because you know, we say we win every year, but we always have a good time at the uh, game. I hear you. Well, well, uh, Jimmy, why don't you why don't you share with the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, all right. Well. Um, I am married to the most wonderful woman in the world, Beth. I've got four children, Elizabeth, who is with Colonial Life and is usually my top salesperson here in the state of Mississippi. And uh, she's married to Woody Craig, who's a wonderful son-in-law. They have two wonderful children. And so I've got two grandchildren in Jackson. My second child, Alex, is in the oil and gas business in Midland, Texas, and he has two little girls. And uh, one is only a month old. I've got Josh, who is in Jackson with me, who's getting married in June to a wonderful girl named Rachel. And then I have Olivia, who is 25. So four wonderful children, wonderful wife, uh, and uh, four grandkids. So I am blessed beyond belief. You are blessed. Unbelievable. Wow. No doubt. What's the secret, Jimmy? uh, What is the secret there? With having a wonderful family, beautiful wife. Uh, for the, a lot of the listeners who I don't know, I don't know that you can say there is just one secret. But I'll tell you that uh, having the right partner has 
meant a lot because I spent a lot of years on the road. I was out of town a lot, and, and Beth was, uh, in fact, there's a, a photo that we have. It was one of our church photos, you know, that they put in the uh, church uh, photo mm -hmm. guide, and Beth is in the picture with a two-week-old baby and three other children, and I'm nowhere to be found. Because once again, I was on the road yeah. and and I was gone so much. Uh, so having having a wonderful partner at home that's that's the key to the whole thing. So beautiful, but makes uh, sense. Makes my sense business, completely. my business life. Um, uh, you wanted me to just to say a little bit about it. Um, I'm not like most people in that that I'm a lifer, man. Uh, I have been in the insurance business literally all my life because my dad was in it. I grew up in it. At, at 12 years old, I was working in a property and casualty agency. Uh, I went to Ole Miss and majored in insurance. There were like six of us in the risk management department. I mean, we, we could have meetings in a phone booth. and But this is all I, I ever wanted to do. And so uh, that's, that's not normal. Usually people get into this business sort of by accident. Now, I got into this part of the business totally by accident, and I'll tell you that in a minute. But I want to tell you a little bit about what it was like in my house growing up. My dad had two jobs. He, he owned an insurance agency, and he taught the Dale Carnegie classes at night. Oh, wow. So, so uh, by the time I got out of college, I had probably taken the, the Dale Carnegie class, How to Win Friends and Influence mm -hmm. People in Public Speaking. I'd probably taken the class five times. Because dad would take me to the sessions, and so I was exposed to this at an at an early age. Uh, my father had, you know, back in the day, record players, and he he liked to listen to Frank Sinatra and things like that. But he also had records of Earl Nightingale's "Strangest Secret," uh, which, uh, if you've never listened to that, Earl Nightingale's "Strangest Secret." I, I got it the other day again uh, on Audible. You can download it. Dad would listen to those sorts of records, and uh, we, we had copies of How to Win Friends and Influence People and Stop Worrying and Start Living and Think and Grow Rich. Those were the sort of books that populated our house, and so obviously wow. I, that, was, that was what I read. And so um, those things had a tremendous influence on my life. Dale Carnegie and, and then these, these books that my dad consumed that that I ended up uh, really loving and cherishing myself. Wow. All right. That was well, that, pretty impressive. That, yeah, that set, that sets you up a, uh, with a huge advantage, Jimmy, um, because a lot of those books, I remember How to Win Friends, Influence People was really the first book that, from a business standpoint, that I read, and actually light bulb went off and made sense to me. And, and one of my favorite stories is the uh, Abraham Lincoln story where he talks about uh, criticizing people and how he – his words almost made him either lose his life or take someone else's life when they had the the, the uh, sword fight in the Mississippi uh, Riverbanks. I don't know if you, you know, I remember oh, that. Yeah. So and then in in the little golden book that Dale Carnegie gave uh, the class to everybody that took the class, the very first topic was the three C's, and that was do not criticize, condemn, or complain. And uh, certainly. Certainly, I need to continue to work on that, but I, I think we all those do. are great words yes. to live by. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that, Jimmy. My my favorite Bible verse is Philippians 2.14, and it's just simply do everything without complaining. 
And, you know, my grandma always said that it was a sin to worry. And so I kind of started adopting that motto a long time ago of if you don't complain and you don't worry every single day, which is two of the hardest things not to do, right? I obviously need to keep working on that completely. But if you can get through a day without complaining or worrying, that's a pretty damn good day. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me tell you how I got in this business yes. just real quick. So I'm working with my dad in the PNC business, and, and we kind of got out of traditional PNC, and we ended up in, in a specialty line. And eight years in, a wife, two kids, basically the Department of Insurance made some rule changes, and, and our income went to zero. And uh, I won't go into all the details, but all of a sudden, my dad, who had done very well financially, we had put all of our eggs in this one line of coverage and a stroke of the pen, and it was gone. And so we were struggling to try to find something to do. I knew it wasn't going to work. And uh, my other love, besides family and God, is golf. And so, as so often happened on a Sunday afternoon, I was playing golf with some buddies. And these guys were not achievers. They were great guys. They were some of my best friends. And I knew they had gotten into the insurance business, but I'd had, I had no idea what they were doing. And these guys said, you know, we're making $1,000 a week selling cancer insurance to school teachers. And I said, wait, 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 hold on. Uh, say, say that again. They said, yeah, man, we're, we're making $1,000 a week selling cancer insurance to school teachers. And I said, well, guys, I have a confession. And they thought I was, you know, on top of the world mm -hmm. working in my dad's agency. They had no idea that we had had a devastating blow. And I said, you know, I, I, I think I'd like a little taste of that. <laughs> and so the next day I'm on a plane. And I'm going to Dallas to work with this company called National Teacher Associates. And these were acolytes of W. Clement Stone, who had, these guys had worked for Combined, and they had flipped and gone over and started their own deal with Transport Life. And they were selling cancer insurance and disability insurance just to school teachers. And on that Monday, I got there, they said, okay, here's your script. Before you can go out in the field next Monday, you have to have this script memorized. And there were about 16 of us in the class, and some of the guys didn't take it seriously, and they would go out at night partying, and then beginning the next day, you had to present this script, and it had to be verbatim. And that was, that was the first time I ever learned the lesson that memorization of your script, knowing your script and knowing what you're going to say is so critical to your success. By the end of the week, they had sent about seven or eight of those guys home and ladies because they just couldn't memorize the script. Hmm. It, it, and it had to be verbatim. And so sure enough, starting the next week, I started making $1,000 a week selling cancer insurance to school teachers. And, and it, 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 the, I got in that part of the business, guys, but let me tell you that the business got into me about eight months later, I'll tell you the story. I was in Macomb, Mississippi, small town in southwest Mississippi. It was a Friday afternoon, and one of the rules was you had to see every person on that campus. That's a it's good Friday problem. afternoon at 3. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Friday afternoon at 3.30, and I'm ready to go home, okay? I've, I've made a 1000 bucks. I'm ready to go home, but I had a list, and there's a teacher, 
in a portable building way in the back. And I said, oh, I don't want to walk way down there and go, you know. Mm-hmm. But I did anyway. And, the, and it was a young teacher. And she says to me, I have been meaning to come see you all day. She said, but I got to tell you, I don't have any money. I need to confess to you, my husband's left me. He's moved to Texas. And I just don't think I can afford that cancer policy. And, and so I understood, and I went through everything. And she said, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Now, we didn't have a payroll slot. We were working, and we were selling everything on bank draft, which, you know what? I still get renewals today because it's on bank draft. I think it's a lot harder to stop a bank draft sometimes than it is a payroll slot. But that's another story. So the lady writes me a check. I put the coverage in effect and never think another thought about it. Literally 90 days later, the business got in me because I get a phone call and it's um, a lady and she said, Mr. Hinton, you don't know me, but uh, you wrote my sister a cancer policy uh, in Macomb and she told me your name and it it didn't mean anything to me. And she said, uh, I'm holding the policy. She said, "Uh, you're not going to believe this, but my sister is dead. Not too long after you left, she got cancer and it was a very, very powerful disease and she lasted about six weeks. I didn't even know we had this policy. And she said, but Mr. Hinton, my sister has assigned all the benefits to a hospital in Jackson and uh, your company filed, uh, she filed the claim and your company has paid the hospital $35,000 because my sister didn't know she assigned the benefits. Mr. Hinton, can you help me? And I'm thinking, wow, I've never had this problem before. So Mm -hmm turned out we know a lot of people and I I made a few phone calls and I got to the the people at the Baptist Hospital. She had great health insurance so they they had a $30,000 overcharge and they didn't know who to pay the money to because the lady was dead and her husband was you know off the reservation. So make make a few phone calls and they released that check to the sister of the deceased teacher. She said, you know, Mr. Hinton, she only had $10,000 worth of life insurance. She said, I'm taking over these two children because their husband is such a near-the-well. And she said, you have just saved this family. Wow. All because you took that extra time to find them at 3 o'clock when you could have easily went home. Yep. yep. You did your wow. job. Yeah. That's that's huge. That makes you, that, that opens up the eyes a little bit, doesn't it, Jimmy? Well, see... Too many times we think about making a thousand dollars a week, yep. and that's important, and I love it. But that's the reason what happened that day, and I could tell you story after story over the years. But what happened that day said to me, you know what? And and my dad had always said, you never need a cancer policy if you have good health insurance. You don't need it. But it it solidified in my mind that day that I was doing something worthy. I was doing something noble. I was in a business that was helping people that are not necessarily in the position to help themselves. Yep. And, and when cancer or disability or an untimely death strikes a family, we're the people that stand in the gap. We're mm-hmm. the people that step up and, and fulfill the commitment we made when we asked them those health questions. And I was sold at that point in time. And that's that was probably 19... 89 or 1988 sometime in that time frame and and I've been sold out ever since. That's awesome. 
I shared that. I mean, I've shared this before, but a very similar story, very quick, Jimmy. Mine was a cancer policy claim. The, the lady, the individual, did not die, but she got the claim. You know, the money paid out while they were trying to get treatment and all that. And she called me up, thanking me, and I didn't even sell her the policy. All I did was open the account. A benefit counselor went out there and sold the policy, but she calls me up crying, and I thought I did something wrong. And I was like, oh, crap, what did I do? And then she's just like, I just want to thank you, you know, for opening the account that day. It was a four-person little um, um, uh, headstone uh, business. And we tumped Alabama in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and I, just, I didn't even think anything of it, you know. But at the time... You know, it was just I was just running and gunning, trying to make as much money as I possibly could, because that's all I was focused on. And this is something we've said a lot of times on the show, but it, it it holds true. And you just said it again that money never leads; it always follows. Right. And if you chase your passion, if you do the right thing, if you, you know, just little things like don't litter. You know, pick up after yourself. Leave every place you you come encounter with in better shape than you found it, and just do the right that's thing right. every day. It makes it so much easier to remember. It makes it so much easier to sleep at night. Everything about it is just doing the right thing. If you do the right thing, karma is a beautiful thing that exists. There's no doubt. That's right. Earl Nightingale said it's the law of cause and effect. If you give enough people what they want, it's an irrefutable law that you're going to get what your heart desires. You give to others, you get back in return more than you ever give to them. I agree with it 100%, Jimmy. Uh, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, as we're, we, we bring on new talent and uh, we, sometimes we're focusing too much on the $1,000 a day, or I mean $1,000 a week or $1,000 a day, 2000 whatever it is, it's the money. And when times get tough, they, they just, uh, some, some of our folks, if we're just focusing on the money, they're going to jump to the next best thing. But when there's passion involved, when they see the value of what we're doing and the righteousness of what we do, those are the things that we must be teaching our teams because that keeps people grounded. That keeps people moving forward because they know it's more than just the money. They're out there making a cause and they're on a crusade. That's Uh, exactly right. So that's great insight, Jimmy. Uh, Huge insight. Jimmy, when you think back across your colonial career, you've obviously hired a lot of people. You've obviously seen people come. You've seen people make it very successfully. You have one of the biggest offices in the country. You've had president club winners, you know, everything you can imagine. You've also had people that have maybe come in and not done the job and are no longer with us and forever, you know, for whatever reason. You know, as you look back over, over your time leading such a large organization, what is the key to being consistently growing and consistently producing and consistently doing the thing. What is the key to colonial business to do that, in your opinion? Well, there are a lot of things, but uh, I was introduced to a book in about 1987, eh, probably 90, and it was called The E-Myth. And The E-Myth was written by a man named Michael Gerber, and he studied restaurants and other small businesses, and he, he... the, the crux of the book was this. It, Michael Gerber said, most small businesses fail, and, and your colonial career is your own small business. So uh, begin with the understanding that most small businesses fail, and the number one reason beyond, it's not even close as to why they fail, is because they fail to put systems in place. And 
uh, he studied the franchising business. And at the time, there had never been a McDonald's restaurant that had ever gone out of business. And um, he talked about how when you go get a cheeseburger, a Big Mac at McDonald's in Miami, Florida, or, or Seattle, Washington, you know exactly what you're going to get because the systems are in place. Yep. And, um, you know, the, the hardest part is, uh, when I started with Colonial uh, some, you know, 13, almost 14 years ago was that we, we, we talked about that, but we, we actually didn't have the critical uh, fundamentals in place of the systems. And, and I think over the years, we have improved so much as a company um, with these um, systems that we put in place that absolutely really work. And, and look, it's, and it's not easy. It is not easy. This is not an easy business. And if anybody tries to say, you know, come on in, this is the answer to your riches, you know, you, you better look at it as you're going to work for 40 hours a week. And, uh, or more. Yeah. Or more. And, and uh, you, you've, you've got to put your shoulder to the grindstone, and you've got to have a plan, and you've got to have a system, okay? And you've got to have a leader. I agree with and that. And if, you're a, if you're a rep, you better, you better have a, a district manager and an ADM that believe in the system, that have a system, and they're in it with you. The preacher, and, baby. And think, yeah. Yeah, they're in it with you. I love but, you know? it. I love it, Jimmy. I'll tell you what. So... What would you tell Jimmy Hinton, the 22-year-old Jimmy Hinton, what advice would you give him to live a prosperous life and, and ha have well, success in business and family and, and, and on? Well, I would say that um, the advice that I would give him from a business perspective would be that... Uh, <clears throat> And I learned this from Kathleen Jakes, and, and many of us have gone through mm -hmm. her best. training, and the it's best. some of the most powerful, some of the best time. She, she did a, uh, an, it's an aptitude-type test that we took, and she said, you know, uh, she said, Jimmy, I, um, I have done this for years and years, and I've given the same test for years and years. She said, you score higher than anybody I've ever studied on liking to win and she said and that's not good and she said i've never seen what well, very few people have I ever seen that hate to lose as much as you hate to lose and she said and that's not good <laughs> she you know how you, you needed to be somewhere in the middle um and so I, I learned a lot about myself i'm just passionate uh and i would say keep the passion you know, mm -hmm. keep the passion, keep the enthusiasm. Uh, I would say that you have to be a student of the business. And, and I, I preach this to my folks all the time. And we are in such an ever-changing world, and our business is changing so fast with health care reform, and now they're going to kill it. And, and I feel like so many of our folks are not comprehensive enough in their knowledge of the overall employee benefit business. You know, we've got some that are, that are as knowledgeable as anybody, but I just believe you have to be a student of the business. You have to look at this as this is a profession. 
This is, this is like being a doctor or a lawyer or a professor. This is a profession, and you need to study it, and you need to be a student of this business. Good. That's good. But, but, That's really good. But I, wouldn't tell, I would tell them to get, be in the same business. This is, this is a great business, and, and, and it's going to grow as we go forward. That's awesome. I love it. Hey, Jimmy, I want to comment one thing on that. Um, when you talked about uh, Michael Gerber, most small businesses fail. The number one reason is because they don't put systems into place. And then you referenced at the time, there was never, there's never been a McDonald's that failed. Uh, I remember when old Matty Matt uh, gave us that story. I mean, he probably stole it from you. Now that I'm hearing you say this, but right. about how the uh, you had this physicist come in, this extremely good businessman. You know, he's proven successful, and you know, he's mathematician and all this stuff, and smartest guy ever. And he comes in and says, "I'm going to open up a McDonald's." Well, he figures out that he can save, you know, so much millions of dollars a year or something like that if, if he only puts one squirt of ketchup and one scoop of onions instead of in one pickle versus two squirts of ketchup, two pickles, you know. And, and he says, you know, no one will tell the difference and we'll save this much money over this much time, blah, 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 blah. Well, he opens up this McDonald's and has it when any, you know, new McDonald's open up, the beginning of it, you know, they have a big, big up, you know, roar and a lot of people showed up and then all of a sudden, Sales started trickling down, and more and more people, you know, were not coming to this McDonald's, and they couldn't figure out why. It was in a perfect location. Every data point said exactly what it was supposed to be. You know, the every, the, the market was great. You know, everything about where they put it, what they were doing was absolutely on. But the one thing they did was they changed the system. They changed the mm-hmm. system of the product, of what produces, and people would go to that McDonald's, and they would always just say, something doesn't taste right. There's something about that McDonald's that's different. And I'm not sure, or I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with it. Word got around town, what do you know? That McDonald's ends up failing because people just did not trust or feel comfortable with the, with what was going on there. And it was all because someone changed the system because they thought they could take a shortcut to make a little bit more money. And it just, it just, it just opens up the eyes of everything we do with Colonial. Right. When people go... Oh, I'm going to figure out a way to do this. And that's why I hate the phrase. I kind of posted this on Facebook yesterday. It came up on our Facebook memories of work smarter, not harder. Because 99% of the people that hear the phrase work smarter, not harder, hear the phrase find an easier way to do it, a shorter way to do it, and, and don't work as hard. Right? No, no, no. You've got to figure out the best way to do it, but then you've got to work your butt off just as hard doing it the best way to really get the results you want. And people, most people that hear the phrase work harder, not smarter – hear the phrase let's figure out a shortcut let's figure out a way to not do this and, and cut corners and that kind of thing that's not the point of working harder not smarter you've got to be a student of the business just like you said jimmy and you got to learn what you're doing you got to make mistakes you got to be that ignorance on fire but you got to learn from each mistake that you make so you can continue to get smarter in the way that you're working harder and that's the key to it versus the other way around so i agree on all points man you nailed it today jimmy yeah that was great i wonder if it could be Work smarter then harder, or work harder and then and then you'll work smarter. Yeah, just keep working hard and you'll naturally <laughs> yeah. get smarter. Yeah. I mean, you know that's that's the key. But, what are your uh, thoughts on that, Jimmy? Absolutely, Jimmy. I'll tell you, I uh, some big takeaways that I have um, when I ask you. You know, tell us a little bit about Jimmy. Uh, there's a lot of times we ask people that, and they jump right into their careers and what and about them. You started talking about your wife, your family, your grandchildren, and the foundation of what you do. Now, then you then you tied it into uh, I've been blessed. 
And I, I was always under the impression, um, and I wouldn't say impression, but the belief that priorities are number one, and you have to, if you're going to win with people, you, they have to have the same similar priorities that you have. And my father-in-law would always say, uh, your faith comes first, uh, your country, your family, and then everything else comes after that. Um, and I believe that's a big part of Jimmy why you've had such a successful career in this industry of changing lives and insurance is because it's never always been about the insurance business. It's, there's so much more to it. So on the down days, uh, you have your families there. On the good days, your family's there. Uh, so I think that's, we're in this business for long-term success. We're in this business to develop people and grow and, and, and have futures that maybe we, we weren't able to have for our children and, and, and other people that we surround ourselves with. So uh, a takeaway, Jimmy, that I have is if you want longevity, make sure your priorities are in order. Make sure that you are putting other people first and be a student of the game and read. Uh, these Dale Carnegie's are great. Uh, Frank Bettinger, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success, all part of the Carnegie, uh, I would say, discipleness. That, that's, that's all uh -huh. good stuff, Jimmy. And I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy man. Uh, and thank you for, for, for joining the cause here on this Fusick podcast. Yeah, thank you, Jimmy. Really appreciate it, man. I'm happy to do it. And look, I want to thank you guys for doing this. I think it's making a big difference. And uh, it's, it's kind of hard to keep up. I haven't listened to all of them, but I have listened to, to a, a good number of them. And I think they're valuable. And I just uh, appreciate you doing this. Well, no, we, we enjoy it. We appreciate the guests and just, it doesn't work unless new people and, and veteran people and anybody that's looking to grow, you know, hears them and hears other stories. That's the whole point of it. So spread the word, everybody, please, uh, let your friends know, let your other people in colonial outside of colonial know that they're, you know, if you put enough work into something, you'd be a student of the business and, and you just go after your dreams, you can't achieve them, but you got to jump all in to do it. So, uh, keep chasing your cutting, everybody. Go to fusic.us, get your fusic gear, find us on Facebook, Instagram. My name's Craig Miller. Jimmy Hinton, where can they find you? Uh, where can they find me? I'm on LinkedIn. There you go. All right. Is that what you mean? There yep, you go. Perfect. All right. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not on Facebook, but I'm on LinkedIn, and I am all over the great state of Mississippi. There you go. You might, you might be surprised where you might find me. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, thank you, Jimmy, and same here, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, everybody. Uh, it's TJ signing off. Uh, great job, Jimmy. Love y'all. Talk to you soon. Fusick, a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't.